You are listening to the Bottom Line podcast where those living with or beyond bowel cancer, as well as health professionals involved in bowel cancer treatment and care, share their inspirational stories and lived experiences with host and bowel cancer survivor, Stephanie. We're starting the new year a little differently on the Bottom Line podcast. You may recall late last year, my son Angus interviewed me about my lived experience with bowel cancer. Well, today we're going to flip it and I'm going to chat to him about his experiences as a child with a parent who was going through bowel cancer. Angus, I'm really thrilled that you agreed to do the Bottom Line podcast with me today. This time, Mum's asking the questions. Two control freaks together, that could be a little bit interesting. Welcome. Thank you, Mum. Appreciate it. Excited to uh, indulge myself in your questions. (laughs) Indulge. Yeah. (laughs) So, Angus, today we're talking about children. Often, I think children are forgotten in the cancer story. And I'd like to chat to you about your experiences, your advice, and you might have some tips to help others who might be going through a similar thing and from a child's perspective. Now, you were obviously very young when I was diagnosed. However, this has been a journey for me and you've been through that journey with me. And bowel cancer continues to be quite a dominant conversation in our house. So talk us through firstly your initial feelings when you found out that I'd been diagnosed with stage three bowel cancer. Yeah, so I think I was around the age of three when you were diagnosed with bowel cancer. I was a little bit confused at first. You know, I walk in a hospital and mum has all these tubes attached to her. You know, she might be a little bit faint at points, you know, she might not want to talk, she might be tired. So as a young young kid, it was confusing to me, you know, why doesn't mum want to go and shoot hoops me or why doesn't mum want to go and have a walk or a talk or something like that? And um, just being able to deal with that in a way was, was confusing. But of course, I was also at some points angry and sad, but I wasn't blaming mum. I was just angry and sad at the situation and why mum couldn't do all these things with me and what was this giant difference that was being made in our lives and what's next. So the biggest emotion that I was having was probably confusion and then following that was probably sadness and a little bit of anger. And what helped you get through that? Was there anyone or anything that helped you cope with the situation a little bit better? Yeah, 100%. So, of course, mum had a great support system around her and sort of coming off that, I also had a great support system around me. And whether that was mum's friends helping out, you know, giving me sleepovers and opportunities to still do all the things I would love as a kid. You know, sports, I'm a very active kid, so things like sports, you know, going to mates' houses and just kind of the support system around us to allow me to live my best and most regular life as a three-year-old as my mum was fighting bowel cancer. Dad's mum, Nanny, came to stay with us for a month. That, I would imagine, helped you because it gave you some normality? Yeah, 100%. And, um... It also probably helped to have an adult that cares a lot, you know, somebody who I'm close with, I'm, I'm you know, related to, they have a sense of empathy and they're in a very similar situation to you. So, you know, that really helped, yeah. And you said you went to mates' places for sleepovers, which, you know, you had one particular friend who took you in quite a bit. Do you think that helped you with your resilience and life experiences today? Because you don't mind going away to a sleepover or you've got a camp coming up for three weeks and you're quite looking forward to it. Do you think that helped you? 
Definitely. You know, at the time it was probably just thinking, you know, I have to go to a mate's place because mum can't take care of me right now. But what came of that is that I can probably be more resilient and independent and I don't need to rely on, um, on a parent or a guardian all the time. And that's really useful. I think that experience of being in an uncomfortable situation has made me a lot more brave and a lot more, you know, resilient. Yeah. Great. Now, you know, Angus, we talk a lot. We're communicators in this family. How, and we were very honest with you about what mum had and that she was diagnosed. Do you think that us being honest with you was a benefit to you? Yeah, I think the honesty that we have every single day and the honesty that we had in the situation of you having bowel cancer and the difficulty of that situation, the fact that you were honest with me made me feel like I was still in the loop. You know, I didn't feel like I was being ignored or denied. I might not have fully understood what was going on or the gravity. or how it was affecting you or, yeah, but being in the loop of it and showing that you cared about me caring definitely gave me a positive attitude and definitely made me feel a lot more confident in your recovery. Angus, I can remember when I was going through chemo, talking about honesty, that you would ask me occasionally, mum, are you going to die? And that was a really difficult question to answer. It would break my heart. But also, I couldn't hand on heart lie to you and say, no, no, everything's going to be fine, Angus, because I wanted you to trust me. And if something had happened down the track, I felt that you would be disappointed in that I hadn't been honest with you. Are you glad that we were that direct and that honest with you? Yeah, there was definitely a choice that you made, a a conscious choice as me being a three-year-old, not understanding everything. You could have 100% said, yeah, everything's going to be right. You know, sunshines, daisies and rainbows. (laughs) You could have been, you know, a little bit more ambitious instead of uh, being realistic. But I think that realistic approach and that honest approach that you gave me definitely helped me, you know, put things in perspective and shape the situation that it was. And I think that question in, in particular is very, it's very odd coming from a child, isn't it? The, the thought of death, you know, I'm only three and I don't have a very good perspective of what death is. So I think being honest and also making sure that you're being supportive of me and making sure that, you know, you still, I know that you love me and I know that every day, but, you know, you trusted me and I trusted you. And that's why our relationship is built on trust from the moments that really define us, which are, you know, you being diagnosed with stage three bowel cancer and that conscious choice you made and tell me your honest opinion. Thanks, Angus. Now, I've just come back from a colonoscopy, as you know, and I get scanxiety. I'm all clear, which is wonderful, but you see me going through that. Do you worry about what lays ahead for you in the future? There are definitely moments in my life that make me think about if I'm going to be diagnosed and the chances that I have of having bowel cancer or any other cancer because your mother, my grandmother, died of ovarian cancer. Those situations would probably be when you come back from a colonoscopy or maybe you're talking about your work, which does happen often. So it does 
worry me to an extent, but I also understand that you shouldn't worry about the things that you can't control. And as long as I'm being healthy, eating the right foods, doing the right things, getting plenty of exercise, all the things I can possibly do to make sure that I don't have bowel cancer, I don't get bowel cancer. So I think, as, as I've said many times and you say many times, control the things you can control and don't worry about the things you can't control. So that's the way I look at that. Thanks, Angus. That's uh, really great advice, I think, because we often get caught up in worrying about the what-ifs and it's about living the moment. I hoped I was quite a positive person and you're a very positive person. On a practical note, you really helped me because I had a a robust, energetic three-year-old. On the flip side, I was going through chemo and I was often tired, lying on the couch, and I had an energetic and robust three-year-old bouncing around, and I was often worried that you might pull out my IV. You didn't. In hindsight, can you remember those days of mum with chemo? I can remember glimpses of it. And I can sometimes remember the emotions and the feelings I get. I can't remember concrete, you know, memories of lying on the couch or, you know, sitting out in the sun maybe while you're there. I actually do remember one memory though, which was where you had just gone back from a chemo and you were laying in your bed. And, you know, being the energetic kid I was, I was up at seven, which isn't necessarily too early, but it's pretty early. For me, I was up at seven, I jumped into bed with you guys, and I remember being a little bit bored. So what I did was I went through your wardrobe, and I found your wig, Wendy. (laughs) Yes. And I put it on, and I kind of displayed it for everybody to see. So I I had a little, little, little show for mum and dad, had to stand there and... I guess look a little bit pretty (laughs) and I do remember seeing a little smile on my mum's exhausted face and I thought that gave me a little bit of a a further burst of of energy because seeing my mum's face light up in a situation where she hasn't been able to always be energetic made me very happy and so I do remember that that was probably the most fond memory I have of of your you know diagnosis and even though it was a negative negative part of your life we made positives out of it and I think that's very important very much so oh yes I forgot about Wendy gosh Wendy's still there I must donate Wendy Wendy was a big part of our family wasn't she we'd often talk about Wendy at the dinner table yes 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 I think we still have her lying around somewhere we do we do So, Angus, what's your advice for kids who might be experiencing a parent or a loved one going through cancer? My first bit of advice was the importance of reaching out if you need help or want someone to talk to, be it a family friend, a family member, or just a friend, or just someone completely disconnected from the situation. An example of this in in our situation, in my situation, was my dad, because he was a massive support to me and my mum throughout this whole cancer journey. And that feeling of connection and the ability to talk really helped me out. And also allowing yourself to process your feelings. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have fun without feeling guilty. But also enjoying the moments that you have with them. Smell the roses, in Smell a way. the roses, yeah. yeah. So just embracing every opportunity you get with your loved ones. I often say you should celebrate your birthday. I now don't care that I will be turning 54. Don't worry, Mum, you only look 40. Oh, 
Angus Brown, Flatter will get you everywhere. Talking about having a laugh, I can remember when we were at Chadston and for our listeners to give them context, I had an ileostomy bag for six months and um, an ileostomy bag, if you have one or a stoma, the bag blows up in the morning like a small football. You basically are pooing in a bag. And I can remember we were walking through Chadston and you were only three at the time and you yelled out at the top of your lungs, my mum poos and farts in a bag. I was mortified because I thought that they thought that I had a paper bag. Can you remember that? Now that you're bringing it up, I think I can. <laughs> That's a touch embarrassing, is it now, now that you're 15? Yeah. <laughs> so on a more serious note, Angus, I do a lot of work with Bowel Cancer Australia and raising awareness for me is very important. Why is it important to you to be involved? I think it's important to spread awareness about a cancer that sometimes flies under the radar. Uh, as you say, a lot of the time, as, as you know, many stats, and I do know a couple of stats because you reiterate them so, t- so many times, but um, bowel cancer is the deadliest cancer for people aged 25 to 44. And so without exposure of this, it's very difficult to help and it's very difficult to find the right treatment and it's very difficult to, you know, beat cancer. So I think it's important to be a voice because you can spread awareness and it's also very fulfilling to help others and, you know, from you helping others through a job, it rubs off on me. So I think that's very important from your, from your perspective. Thanks, Angus. Thank you. And I think also it's really important because your generation is going to be the next generation and I really hope that your generation will experience a lot less bowel cancer and hopefully no one dies from the disease because it is treatable if it's caught early. So that's why, you know, it is important to talk about it. We're big card writers in our family. It's something my mother instilled in me. And hopefully, it's something I've instilled in you. We do a personalised note for Christmases and birthdays. Can you remember what I left you before my surgery? I don't think I remember this. It's, I've put it away in a little box for you. Um, maybe we need to drag it out and have another read. But it was a note. I wrote three notes the day before my surgery. One was to your father. One was to my sister, Vanessa, your auntie, and one was to you. And it was a note that I wanted you to keep so that you understood how much I loved you, how important you were to me, and something that you had to keep that was a memento because words are so powerful. And I look back on what my mother wrote to me over the course of her illness. And I still read that today. And I just really wanted you to have something in writing to reflect upon. So maybe we need to pull it out and have another read. We might have to. So Angus, I'm not the only person in our family who's faced a cancer diagnosis. You've alluded to the fact that my mum, Nanny Leanne, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and passed away from the disease and you sadly never got to meet her. Your nan on your dad's side was also diagnosed uh, recently 
probably 2020, I think it was, with stage four cancer. And then we had COVID. What was the difference between my diagnosis when you're younger and how you felt and you reacted when you're older? Probably about 12, 13 you were. Yeah, so that Christmas, because the memory is much more recent, it's also more vivid. I remember being a lot more worried and having stronger emotions because I got to see it first firsthand of of the the um the effects it was having on Nanny's, you know, well being and, and health. I remember this Christmas lunch that we had. She was she's a very positive and happy and she loves food. Um she's a very positive person and she went into that dinner and she was acting very very, you know, like she had a mask on. She was trying to be smiles and happy and daisies and rainbows. But you could see that she was very drained. She wasn't eating. And experiencing that made me very, very worried, scared, anxious, nervous. And so that compared to your diagnosis was the fact that I was more mature and I had a better understanding of what was going on. And so that probably alluded to me having stronger emotions about it because it was kind of like a redo, but on higher intensity. Thanks, Angus. And the good news is that Nanny was on that trial for two sessions before COVID hit and it worked, which we're very, very thankful for. You will have to start having colonoscopies from roughly the age of 30, 32, because I was diagnosed at 42 and it's 10 years prior. How do you feel about a colonoscopy? I'm not too phased. It's a very, very small portion of my life that I'm going to have to be doing colonoscopy preparation. I'm going to have to be doing, I think it's once every four years, is it, that I have to go in and do a colonoscopy. I'm not extremely nervous about it. I think it's great that we're taking the precautions needed for me to be healthy and fit and we're monitoring our our cancer um, inheritance and our cancer history. So... My overall approach to it is get it done, do it efficiently and, you know, get out and live the rest of my life because I don't want cancer to be something that lingers over me or I have the attitude of, gee, what will tomorrow bring? I'm scared. Will I be be faced with cancer? I want it to be I'm facing cancer if I have it with, with a positive attitude and if I don't have it, that's even better. So it's just making sure that cancer is a small part of my life that I don't pay much attention to, but I'm doing it and I'm paying attention when it's needed. Great response. Lots of adults, I think, should also take on that advice. (laughs) Finally, Angus, you know I like to ask my interviewees three takeaway points that they want listeners to come away from, from today's podcast. What are your three tips? My first tip would be positivity. And positivity can be in many shapes and forms. It can be self-positivity, which can be a mindset thing. It can be approaching things positively, uh, staying hopeful. It can be affecting others in a positive way, which is, you know, infecting others with positivity, being nice, giving compliments. And there's also being positively realistic, you know, being positive on the things you can control. My second one would be spend as much time as you can 
embracing your loved ones because your loved ones will ultimately always be there. They have unconditional love for you. And you can get that from friends if you have really good friends, but not unconditionally. So always just enjoy the time that you have with them and really show them that you care. And finally would be having some sort of routine in your life. A degree of normality in your life, you know, helps to not let cancer dominate your whole life. Uh, That can be hard, but ensuring that you take time out for you, it is okay to play sport or attend a party or do all the things that a regular person could do without the, the burden of cancer. That would probably be very important for them to feel like they're living a normal sort of schedule. And yeah. Angus, thank you so much. I am incredibly proud of you. I'm also incredibly proud of your support of me and of bowel cancer. You have done quite a bit of work for us over the years, be it doing a television commercial or you were the the voice of a magazine for children, Understanding Bowel Cancer for Children. You've always been there to raise awareness. I think you know the stats better than most. You make Dad and I proud every moment, but I am so thrilled that you shared your tips and your experiences with us today on the Bottom Line Podcast. Thank you, Mum. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Bottom Line Podcast. To find out more about bowel cancer or for support or simply to donate, please go to bowelcanceraustralia.org.